Hello, and welcome back to Fizzy Kids, the podcast. I am your host, Ali Fanshaw, and this is the show where we talk about all those things that make our kids fizzy and fabulous. Welcome back to season two of Fizzy Kids, the podcast, where we're talking about fizzy kids and their folk and meeting people with a range of experiences of supporting fizzy kids. This episode, we meet Nadine. Nadim is a dad to his lovely kids and also a parent coach who has written books and set up companies about his experiences and professional understanding of how children develop their emotional intelligence, which, as you know, is right up our street at Fizzy Kids HQ. Nadim experienced a fizzy moment with his daughter when she was just eight years old. She was a happy child and so positive, and he thought nothing could ever affect her and she would go through life just being happy. However, for a couple of weeks, she started becoming really difficult and mean to her siblings, and it was getting worse. Nadim managed to actively listen to her and coach her, and she ended up admitting, I hate myself. It shows that even happy children who may seem to have no challenges and who have high self-esteem can have fizzy moments when they struggle to manage their big feelings. It's so important to help them recover and help them to feel better about themselves. This is the key reason Nadim founded the Happy Confident Company. Nadim also eloquently and candidly talks about the impact that his childhood experiences had on his parenting and how he believes that to be the best parents we can be to our fizzy kids, we all need to understand a little bit about child psychology and how their brains work. So grab a cuppa, sit back and enjoy the show. Hi Nadim, great to have you with us today. Thank you so much for joining the Fizzy Kids podcast. Um, I always like to leave it to our guests to do their introducing. So tell us a little bit about you, first of all, and what you're up to at the moment. Hello Ali, thanks for inviting me. Um, so I'm Nadim Saad. I actually came into parenting about eight years ago. Uh, and that came out of the difficulties I had in my couple. Uh, we could just couldn't agree on how to parent. I'm, I tend to be the more authoritarian parent, and my now ex-wife um, used to be more permissive. And I'm saying used to be because that's that was what we created is a more balanced way to parent because we realized that neither of us was getting it right. So, and we were both blaming each other. And what we came to realize is how much, and this is very, when you look at research, is 75% of parents tend to argue about parenting. And more than 50% of these arguments are around how to discipline the kids. And so we end up in, you know, so, and, and when I do my, my seminars and, you know, large uh, corporates and everything, and I ask, and I've just come up with the exact same, you know, 75% of parents just raise their hands, you know, Yes, we are arguing about parenting. And so it's really important to try and get um, to design what I call design and alliance and realize that we each have strengths and weaknesses. And very importantly, to not go into what we call compensation strategies. So what we used to happen is I'd become more authoritarian because I thought she was too permissive and she'd become too more more permissive because she didn't like the way I was uh, you know, treating the kids. And so we ended up both disliking what we were doing and disliking each other. (laughs) 
thankfully it's not the, the reasons for our divorce was not actually we got to common parenting which is was great and we made we create a great business out of it but working together was really difficult so but let's leave leave this story aside um but out of this what what's great is um uh, you know after writing several books about parenting among them kids don't come with the manual which became a bestseller we and and it was all about how to become more of a balanced parent how to be co communicate more effectively which is you know some of the things we're going to talk to you about today i ended up realizing because so many parents came to constantly say oh but okay this is all great but what can you do for my kids <laughs> it was like what you're the one who has to do the hard work for the kids but then we came to realize um that there are a lot of things we can do with kids a lot we can train them to be you know actually develop their emotional intelligence develop their communication develop their because happiness for example is a skill confidence is a skill so we can help them develop these um skills and ultimately that helps the whole family and the way we approach it now is even and I'll be so very honest about this a lot of parents just don't want to be you know told what to do and how to do it um but what's amazing is when because they want everyone wants the best for their kids so when they get you know our articles or and, and our products and it starts changing things in the family what's amazing is they start learning from this interaction new and new way of interacting and communicating with their kids they start learning how to be better parents too so we've kind of really nicely i i find i close the loop there where you know parenting's become instead of being telling parents what to do and how to do it better it comes from this willingness to all be a more connected family a happier family and everyone um, really it's a total win win so i like i i hope we can go through this and how to make this a win win yeah wow well i think firstly thank you for being so honest because I think there are a lot of people who are listening and have listened to these podcasts in the past who appreciate that honesty. I think there's a tendency these days to kind of put on a brave face, maybe even more so than we used to because of the whole pressure of social media and that need to kind of look like a perfect family and even if you're struggling with your kids to kind of show that you know everything is going well and you're going out for nice family walks and cooking together so i think firstly thank you for your honesty because it just sets the scene maybe for what we're going to talk about today which is that parenting is incredibly difficult and uh, there can often be differences between the two parents involved and that might be because of how they were brought up or their ideals or their kind of preconceived ideas of what a family should be like or just circumstantial and obviously a lot of our listeners Nadim have what we like to call fizzy kids so they're kids with additional and special needs and that may put even more pressure on those family dynamics that you talked about so maybe let's um just explore some of what you started talking about there which is around kids and their feelings so what what have what have you learned and kind of how is your work really ended up focusing around kids and their feelings what what's behind that great yes i i and i feel for parents i mean it's really difficult enough as you say 
So when you have fizzy kids, um, I mean, you know, I have so much compassion, empathy um, for, for parents who go through this. And I, you know, it's thankfully there are there are tools, there are ways. It's actually what I consider is, is very similar tools to what everyone needs, but it's, it's real consistency that's that's needed because the reaction is just, you know, comes faster. And like, so you don't, you, you, you've got to just be careful more of the time. And it must, I mean, it, it is, um, challenging and but um, thankfully I think there are there are ways and I hope that you know today let's 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 explore these and I and continuing on this honesty and I appreciate you saying this because it's I think it is the basis of everything and actually honesty as as also as a couple as a you know with your partner it's so important to actually be able to say when it's difficult and and you know know, know how to seek support uh, I'll just briefly touch on this before going to feelings because what used to happen is because we used to blame each other with my um, wife at the time, we'd go into obviously defensiveness and it would make it all really difficult and we wouldn't, you know, and what's really important, we would intervene when the other was doing something that we, we thought wasn't right. And that is actually not the kind of message you want to send to the kids. So even if you have a more aware parent, and that's really, you know, it's, it's really important to realize this. For example, if often it's moms who are more aware of uh, the children's needs, et cetera, I mean, I, I don't want to generalize, but it is the case. <laughs> and they just like, but they, the energy that we feel sometimes as fathers is, okay, you're doing it wrong again. And we feel basically we're never, it's never good enough. And it's, it's, and it is, it can be tough. And we, that brings the worst in us instead of the best. <laughs> so the, something, one of the tools I want to share, if, you know, for the parents who are, can, who can, may disagree, particularly when we're old, you know, 24 seven together <laughs> for so long. So I'm, I'm, that's why I'm, I'm focusing on this today because it's, it's obviously something that is particularly useful, hopefully. Is, in, is when you want to intervene and you feel, wow, I, I'm sure that we can do something better here, is try and say, can I help? So instead of, oh, let me take over, you know, you're clearly tired and you're basically making the assumption about where the other is, just coming up with a simple, can I help? And the amount of time this has actually just relieved the pressure on my, instead of just, like, wow, actually, yes, please, I, I realize that I lost it. And yes, please, um, take over. And that's just, oh my God. So much more helpful than a, okay, this is not working. Let me let me do it for you. And you're sending the message to the kids that you know your dad or your mom, because it happens for both, is not you know is not capable of dealing with you. So I need you know I need to intervene. So that's a simple thing, but can be quite it, you know actually transformative <laughs> to to be able to ask for permission uh, and ask for permission also when you um, want to give advice to the other parent like. Can I suggest some something different rather than oh look you could you should have done this? So let's park this, but I think it is a, it can be very useful uh, to to remind ourselves that we're just to finish on that 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 we're each all everyone and our kids the first and foremost but also us we're doing the best we can with the information we have at the time, and often yes we fail, but this compassion of we were doing our best at the time. Uh, you know, and that's where feelings come in. So sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. You were going to say something. No, that's fine. I, I was just going to almost say that asking that question, how can I help or can I help? I mean, that is just modeling such great skills to your kids as well, right? 
I mean, we talk about that phrase a lot of fizzy kids. I will ask that to my children. So instead of kind of threatening them with something or kind of accusing them of being unkind or doing something wrong, actually by saying, can I help? Or I wonder what I can do to help. It's positive, it's positive language, isn't it? And, and that's really important to have as part of your family dynamics is, is trying to find a way to use your language in a positive way. Totally, exactly. And so coming to feelings uh, and continuing on the honesty is I, I, can, I come from the dark side. <laughs> That's really not what I call the dark side of, of thinking that, for example, if, like a child throwing a tantrum, if you allow them to do this, it's just going to reinforce the behavior. So having to squash it literally before it gets, before it gets ingrained that they can do this. So... Unfortunately, <laughs> and I realize how much I've affected my kids negatively before knowing all this. Um, the thing is, it's so important to realize that acknowledging feelings and accepting them does not mean accepting a behavior. And so what I've learned is to, for a child, so I was making it more difficult for my children to do what I wanted them to do. So for example, telling them, stop crying you know, or she, I mean, and, and, and obviously raising my voice to say, because if they're crying and they're, or they're speaking loudly, obviously you have to speak louder than them. So it becomes, I mean, very similar to shouting and sometimes shouting anyway. So it's not like, a, um, it makes it more difficult for the kids because it puts them in fight or flight and it releases cortisol in the body, the anxiety hormone. And so it makes them, so they're, it's actually accelerates the system. So it makes it harder for them to do what we want from them and they don't feel understood and when we tell them for example oh you shouldn't feel that way so either reassuring them saying come on it's not that bad or boys don't cry or all these things that we tell our kids the message they hear is it's not okay for me to feel this so i'm not okay because they associate their behavior with um, you know their who they are and therefore they just feel they grow up feeling they're not okay and then they start shutting off their feelings which is exactly what happened to me i mean for a different reason not only because my parents were telling me not um, to feel this way, but also because I had a mom who was just wanted me to be like the great boy who was helping her because we were, for example, going through the war. We were living in a corridor and my mom was expecting me to be the good boy to help her because um, our dad wasn't there. And so I felt I lived with this guilt of having to be the good boy. Otherwise, my mom, you know, I, I was making my, my mom's heart, uh, my mom's life so, so difficult. And that doesn't help. And because basically I was shut off and it took me years of working on myself to actually start being, uh, you know, accessing these feelings, which is so important because otherwise if you bottle them up, they just come up in a different way. So coming back to children, <laughs> and I, so this dark side, I realized over the years that it is so important to meet children where they are. So both in terms of like their feelings and their energy level. And so it's acknowledging where they are before we can coach them. So it's not about accepting and saying, oh, yeah, it's okay. You can shout, you can be angry, you can be all of that, and I'm not going to do anything about it. It's, but it's actually acknowledging, wow, you are super angry right now, or you're very frustrated, or and use uh, a, a vocabulary of emotion that's a bit you know, wider than the frustrated, angry, you know, sad, and, and, and afraid. Um, try and, and, and use different, and it's still difficult because the first thing that comes, because we're so used to just using these 
basic emotions, which are, it's already great, by the way. Just, sorry, let's start with, if you can already use these emotions, it's amazing. And then with time, try and, you know, expand on the vocabulary. It is so useful because what you discover in your science is it connects the left brain and the right brain. And therefore, it enables the, the child to actually just already feel more in control of their feelings. It, it basically, in, in, when you do a brain scan, it reduces the intensity of the feeling. And therefore, it allows the child to just already feel more in control and capable of dealing with this big feeling. And then that's where we can go into coaching. So, oh, wow, you feel super frustrated. I can see you're very angry. It doesn't mean we've accepted that anger is, is, a, is and actually, by the way, yes, anger is an acceptable feeling. It's just how you express the anger and how you obviously you behave when you're angry. That is the thing that we need to, 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 to work on. Not the fact that they're angry because expressing anger means that we've obviously pushed a boundary and that they have a need that we haven't found because behind every emotion, there is a need. And anger is very much, uh, you've crossed my boundary and I don't know, at my age, I'm doing the best I can. I don't know how to, I don't even know what this need is. So please help me. It's a cry for help of please help me identify what is this need. And obviously in physics kids, there is a need that's, you know, and they have potentially, depends obviously, we're, we're obviously to, we're generalizing here, but often they have more difficulty identifying their needs. So as parents, we need more than ever to be able to identify what is behind this feeling, but obviously not straight away and try not to ask your children why are you feeling this way? Why are you doing this? Because then that puts them in even more of a distress because they don't know. <laughs> so, so, so it's very important to connect with them, acknowledge their feeling, try and use vocabulary that actually helps them kind of find what it is, what, what is their feeling. And then as you know, and sometimes it can take 20 minutes for the cortisol to get out of the body <laughs> and, the, and the hormones. So actually then address and find, identify the needs, not try and, and realize that you have time as a parent. No, don't try and make every moment a teachable moment. That was the biggest, so much intensity I brought to my parenting because I just thought I need to, oh my God, this is an opportunity for a good lesson. I need to make it. And then lecture that comes, et cetera. And then you just, they shut down and they're not even capable of listening to it. So. Wow. I think there's a, I think there's a book in that last, that last answer to that question, Nadim. I mean, there is so much content there that you just shared. And I think if I was, if I was going to sum it up, just so that our listeners can take some of it in, because it all, is all amazing points that you make there. I mean, firstly, that acknowledgement from you about the impact that the way you were parented has on how you parent. I mean, that's huge. So, you know, you spoke about growing up in obviously a very challenging environment and that had a huge impact on the relationship with your parents and, you know, what you were expected to be like and do as a child. And that is massive. And they, a lot of psychologists say you have to kind of heal the inner child before you go on to parents. And you were obviously starting to kind of do that and, and acknowledge that. And I think that's huge. And I just want to stop and recognize that. Um, and, um, you know, I think for a lot of parents out there, and maybe even more so dads, 
there is a lot to unpick within yourself, right? As, as, as you learn to parent. In fact, we're going to do a dad's special next week on fizzy kids on our social media channels. So, um, that, that's really kind of relevant time to talk about that. And then I think secondly, you're, you know, you're talking about those feelings in our kids. And, and what I heard from you was that it's okay for them to have those feelings but it's about how we respond to them as adults, right? So you're saying acknowledge those feelings, let them feel okay for having those feelings. They are normal. It's completely, they're normal human beings to have those feelings. And then at the same time, help them to deal with them in the right way. So it's not about calming down. It's about learning to be angry in the right way. And and we as grown-ups can help them to do that. So, I mean, a huge amount of, of content there that you've just given us. So thank you. Lo- loads to think about there. So I guess then if we take if we take what you've just said onto the next step. So if we're thinking about kind of how then to help our kids recognize and learn to manage their feelings, you set up the Happy Confident Company really for that purpose. So um, it would be great for you to tell us a little bit more about what was behind setting up that company and what your ambitions are. Thanks, Ali. Thanks for the great summary. It's so important because I, I can, you know, I love the fact that you said there's a book behind this. Yeah, there, we, we, let's let's write one. <laughs> and um, the vision behind the Happy Company, funnily enough, again, it came from, so not only from the recognition that it's really important to um, help kids, uh, but from my own so I have a middle child who's incredibly, well, particularly at the time um, when she was eight, she was so positive, uh, what we call in French, joie de vivre, so love of life. And, you know, it's it's just, it was just a child that you think, oh, not, you know, nothing can really affect her. She's going to go through life just being so happy. And at eight, she actually went through a really difficult time. And... Thankfully, you know, because I, we know how to um, to talk about these things and go deeper. She ended up admitting that she hates herself. She literally told me that I hate myself. And my God, I mean, you know, just imagine any for any parent, this is like really difficult to hear. And for a parenting coach, you just think, oh my God, I mean, obviously I'm doing, I'm supposed to do things at least better than average. It is a real shock, to, and 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 that was really the decision to um, create the happy company, company. Was was this realizing that even happy children, children who seem to have absolutely no challenges, can go through this, and it's how we deal with these important moments that will determine whether they end up in this negative cycle. Because basically, if she's hating herself, what she's doing, and the reason why she was hating herself was one. The way she was behaving with her um, her siblings, so quite so she felt that she was a bad person because she was being quite you know while well, doing things that were not very nice, <laughs> and the fact that she didn't feel she just felt average, and that old like like she had a friend who went to ballet school, she went like she I mean the other one was a great gymnast, and basically she just how since when is, is it a problem to be to be average? The problem is we are in an age day and age where it is difficult to be average because they see, you know, what it be TikTok? Well, thankfully not at eight, hopefully, <laughs> but 
they see so many things. You can just put in, you know, uh, Britain got talent. Uh, I mean, America's got all of these things where people seem to be, you've got these amazing kids doing incredible things. So you've got access to all this information, even before social media. I mean, that gets worse when you've got access to a phone when you're 11, 12, et cetera. So, it, it, so that's why I would always advocate, try not to get access to phones, but you've got, obviously you've got iPads. So it is difficult for children to feel average but it is important that they feel that it's okay to be average and for us to help them find their uniqueness and find, and it can be just traits of character. You know, she was incredibly generous. She was incredibly, so, but so coming back to, um, and then, then we can, you know, because as you said, I can just go into another book, <laughs> but just about the Happy Confident Company and how, what, what I realized is a lot of parents wouldn't have had the, the chance of, of knowing the tools to unpack and to get to, I hate myself. And so what would have happened is you start disciplining and saying, no, it's not okay. Your behavior is absolutely not okay. And then punish. And then you go into the negative cycle where the kid feels bad again and again. And they feel they hate themselves even more. And they, they haven't expressed it. So you don't know their need that, which, which is actually, I don't feel good as a person. And, and therefore, it's so, it was thankfully we identified this and we met, we worked on how to, for her to feel better and to realize that because I was reacting I, I'm, and part of it was down to my reaction because she was such a incredible child and happy, etc. When you suddenly see a child change, you just expect them, unfortunately, it's all down to our expectations, to just be this again, that, oh, come on, stop being this other part of you, just be the happy Yasmin, that's her name. And she's like, but that's not the way because actually it's so important for them to accept this other part of themselves, the part where you can be, you know, mean sometimes, you can be sad, and and you and it's a, it's a part of yourself. Otherwise, we got we get so basically, it's, it's we all have a, what we call a shadow side, this side that we don't like so much. The thing is, if we don't accept it, then it just creeps up and it's, it becomes bigger and bigger. So so that that could have happened, and thankfully we caught this and and helped them to accept. And so she started. Uh, just walking around in the house saying, I'm a fallible human being. <laughs> I'm a fallible human being. That was really, and, and, and so, yes, learning that it's okay to go through phases and to make mistakes and, 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 and help them go back into what we call basically the, neck, the, the positive loop. And this positive loop is I have positive thoughts, I have positive feelings, and and it's just reinforced itself because because the, the the loop is typically we call it for our thoughts lead to feeling that leads to action and leads to behavior to to to, uh, to behavior basically overall behavior. And so getting into this positive loop is so important. That's why we created um, tools such as our gratitude journals, our feeling cards, our affirmation cards. So it's tools to help children feel think more positively. So for example, three th positive things of the day, really focus on this before going to sleep, be able to share. So it's it's actually sharing tools. So with the journal, most kids, because it's aimed at six to 12, most kids at this age are so happy to share these things with their, with their parents. So it, it just opens up these incredible sharing moments. And that's where, because we also ask kids the different ways they felt in a day, so that's where you see, oh, I actually felt sad today, or I felt frustrated and angry, and that, and that's where they share the, the they can share the why. Well, so we don't ask them why, but more like what, oh, what, what was the situation like? What did you feel at that time? And then it opens up the whole conversation you want to have, and you then you get your why. You don't get it when they're in the moment. So this was so this is the intention and. 
I said all positive, positive, but obviously, as I said, in terms of accepting their also their shadow, that's where they can also you can make them feel that it's okay to have felt angry and sad and 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 all of these things and and that they can recover from them so it's make them realize that go through these unpleasant feelings so we don't call them negative feelings we call them just unpleasant feelings and it's totally fine because they realize and kids are actually great at recovering from their unpleasant feelings much faster than us unless we're either constantly telling them it's not okay to feel this way and then it becomes they still feel it but they suppress it and the problem with suppression is that it's still there and actually what i learned which was fascinating and i is that it takes cognitive uh, from from our from our cognitive abilities so when we suppress a feeling we're actually our brain is is it takes some of our thinking process so it makes us less able to be actually for example to deal with a test or to deal with homework or whatever so it's really important for kids to be able to express it so they're not their brain is not actually just trying to suppress what they, they and they're not even aware obviously this is all subconscious so it comes back to the importance of the feelings and the communication and the expression so that they're just feel good with themselves and they can share all these things and they can get them out and not suppress them yeah and i think nadim having worked with some of your tools that you've created your journals and the card games that you've produced you know I think there is there's a level of um kind of comfort in there for parents so I think that not every parent has to be a child psychologist right or that you don't have to go out and spend hours reading books to kind of work out exactly what's going on in your child's brain actually the great thing about tools like the happy confident company produced and and lots of other lovely companies out there are doing too is that you guys have done the thinking for us so actually the tools are a really great way to just trust in them with your kid work through some of them and actually you know, I learned something too from the card game. I learned something too by looking at the journal because you can see that there's a process that you're getting the kids to go through to feel better about themselves, to accept their unpleasant feelings that you talk about as well as their good ones. So I think I think it is, you know, for those parents out there who are struggling to know how to talk to their kids about their feelings, use tools like you know like you guys have produced because it really does take some of the pressure off so I think um you know I would just encourage the listeners today to to look for tools and which you know whether it's happy confident company or a different company whatever works for you but it is a really nice kind of practical thing to have as part of your tool set as a parent so I guess Nadine just just listening to you there it gets my juices flowing in my brain about how we've ended up in a situation where there is this real need and it is a need to parent our children differently than how we were parented. And, you know, the emphasis that's placed on emotional intelligence as uh, something that you know, great leaders need to have these days. Um, you know, the 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 kind of focus on it when you go through graduate programs or when you go through interview processes. What, how how do you feel like we we've, we've kind of ended up this way? You know, what is it that's really driven society's change 
to have this focus on emotional intelligence and why it's so important to help our kids learn it? Mm, what a great question. So let's go to another book <laughs> because that is a book. That is, that is a great book, actually. So let's work on this one, too. The world has become a lot more complex. We have more choices than ever. And it is quite overwhelming. We have more information and choices than ever, and it's very overwhelming. It was much easier to just go. So, and, and particularly, there are now different ways to parent. So at the time, you know, we're talking 40, 50 years ago, most parents were doing the same thing. It was kind of quite a patriarchal model where, you know, often it would be, oh, careful, stop doing this. Otherwise, you know, I'm going to tell your dad. And when he comes back, you're going to, you know, it's, it's all of these things that we were. And, and you'd go to neighbor's house. They were parenting very similarly. So that made it a lot easier because there was no questioning. So when you put all these together, like suddenly people start doing different things differently because they're more open, because actually the, the one who's changed all this is Freud, because before Freud, like, Funnily enough, people didn't even realize that the child of today is the adult of tomorrow. <laughs> they just didn't even, they, they, it was a Victorian approach where, you know, children are here to be, uh, you, know, you know, just seen and not heard. And that completely changed because suddenly it's like, oh, one second. So we have to be careful for our, because our kids are, you know, are, we've got to parent better. And so this opened up this whole Pandora's box of what is it to parent better? <laughs> And then different parenting styles, different things, etc. So it became a lot more complex. And suddenly our children and our well, the whole society is basically like struggling to know what is the best way to parent. Um, some people just don't want to even know that there is a, a better way. And I mean, I'm, I was <laughs> coming back to the dark side. I would tell my wife, oh, give me, you know, instead of giving me all these parenting books you want me to read, just give me an exact summary and show me it works. Because there are so many contradictory theories out there that how do I know? I mean, I, could, I can find someone who says the exact opposite. So I had to, and that's where you can, when, when we talk about removing the blame, so important to actually lead by example. Because when we are in a parenting group, in any relationship, it's a dance. And the same with our kids. So we, we, we're always expecting. So, so it's harder as, as, a, as partners in a relationship, we have more expectations from the partner than we have from our children because we, we are, they're grown up. So if we tell them to do something differently, they're supposed to do it. But it doesn't work this way, totally, because when we feel blame, we become defensive and nothing happens. On the contrary, we're just like locked in our, each of our positions. So when one, um, one person changes and starts doing things differently, then it can unlock because the dance changes. We can start doing things differently. And it's the same with kids. Um, so when we start doing things differently with kids, then they can really start doing something different. And that's where I learned, that's where I realized why it's so important to learn basics of, of parenting. And it's actually basics of child psychology. And as you said earlier, not every parent can be a psychologist, but if we can have at least the basic tools of communication, which is something you know, you're, you're, you're teaching your audience about how it's, it's actually a language of communication. It can literally be seen as language with, with quite a great structure of its, of its own. It is basically down to the psychology. And I'm going to go back to the bigger picture here, but just to um, continue on that. The, so once we change the dance, then you know things can 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 really unravel and 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 can uh, and can get better. The, realizing this 
I, and, and, and exploring the whole science of parenting, I realized it has an incredible parallel, not only with, with psychology, but with leadership. So it is actually how to lead, you know, it's the same when you go into a company and you want to get the best out of your staff, you, it's applying the exact same principle, but then adapted to kids, which makes it harder because, I mean, I remember this friend who was HSBC and was like, you know, leading uh, hundreds of people and he says, but I, in, I just say something and I speak in a certain way and everything works and everyone's happy. I go to my, I go back home and I've got my two-year-old who goes, no, daddy. <laughs> and I just have no idea what to do. <laughs> so yes, it is slightly different, <laughs> but it is applying the same principle. So different ways of parents suddenly opening the Pandora's box about what is right or wrong. So very difficult because a lot of disagreements. Actually, what's, what's um, quite annoying in all of this is the media will tend to reproduce the fact that as soon as there's something that's controversial, they'll speak about it. And I actually, my, um, I don't know if I should say this actually. Yeah, it's, my, uh, my, the editor of my book was, was in the meeting where it was decided whether they were going to publish Gina Ford books or not. And you had half of the people in this meeting totally against it and half of them going, oh, but this is great. It's going to help your parents get more structure, et cetera. And then the commissioning editor just went, we're definitely publishing it because that's controversial. So it's going to sell. And unfortunately, what sells is what's controversial. And so and we end up with having because of the media, we have all these different ideas that, oh, my. Uh, and we and actually the reality is much more the balance. It, it, which doesn't sell as well and finding balance, balance both in as a couple because we have if you have different parenting styles and the balance with the kids and not being neither never too extreme neither neither too lenient uh, because what, what happens is when you're too authoritarian we already said it for example you put them into fight or flight and you make them feel wrong and the more children feel wrong and the less they want to do basically we have a lot of the power parenting is based on this concept that children need to be made to feel worse in order to do better because we need to punish them. We need to make, so once they feel, and so basically we're making them feel guilty and wrong. And that's why they have to do better. And all their lives, us as adults as well, we then operate out of guilt and fear and we're doing things because we're feeling guilty. And particularly in this pandemic, guilt is just all over the place and we were saying you know talking about this earlier it's like you just feel guilty you're not doing as well as the other parents you see on social media and so and you feel bad and you feel like a bad person so the, the first thing is like get rid of this guilt and just think that you're doing the best you can with what you have at this moment in time and just accept this the fact that you're not perfect and you've got this shadow side that also that you make mistakes because you're also not you know you 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 have you have to deal with your own self and your inner child as you said earlier as well so basically trying to remove this guilt and fear out of parenting and and this this making making children feel wrong is so important and so coming back to this whole societal thing is because it's we've been reproducing the guilt and the fear. And so we're still operating out of guilt and fear in everything we do. And in our parenting and our children feel this. And so then when you get with, and so you're, you're, we're not completely, um, you know, we're, we haven't give, been given the opportunity to really stand on our own two feet and feeling good about ourselves and about our feelings and etc. 
And then you go into this world, which has become so much more complex. And you've got all these screens, you've got all these people who seem amazing, and you've got so many choices. You know, now it's not like you you can do this or that in a day, or like you're just suddenly everything is open choice. You just feel overwhelmed. So there's a general feeling of overwhelm, and particularly in this pandemic, because we have to juggle homeschooling with, um, you know, our own work with it. I mean, and just like it's a general feeling of overwhelm that means that it's just much harder to deal with all this. Nadim, thank you. Like you said, definitely a third book in that in that last answer. So much to think about. But I think my my real takeaway from it is that word overwhelm. And I think, you know, like you say, we are on an evolutionary journey in terms of our parenting techniques and abilities. And we are living in a world which is extremely overwhelming, as you say, even more so now. So um, it's hard. It might be hard to find the time and the energy to put into this. But really, it's it's one of our biggest jobs. Right. So even carving out 20 minutes a week to read about something or use a toolkit like Happy Confident Company offers, you're doing something to help you and your child along that evolutionary journey that we're on to transforming how we live our lives, which is just part of human nature, I guess. So Nadim, any final thoughts? And then we're going to have to leave it there for today. But any final thoughts from you to close out? I'd say, you know, coming back to this overwhelm and the guilt and fear, it's so important to really let go of this guilt and not help our children just get into this more positive loop of not doing things out of guilt and fear, but doing it because they just love love of life and they're doing it because they feel it's going to be, allow them to be more connected to others and particularly obviously to their parents. So, we can lead by example there and it's not easy you know and, and particularly in these difficult times but try and remember we're doing the best we can at each moment so that if we fail and we don't do things something we think oh actually that wasn't very good one of the tools for example i'd share um, that's very effective particularly when we're so present with our um, children and it's a bit overwhelming is what i call rewind <laughs> and what what the, the example of rewind is, for example, you come into a situation, you just see your kids have done exactly the opposite of what you told them to do. For example, they're like they've spilled stuff on them, um, and suddenly you see yourself shouting and reacting in a way that is clearly not going to help because it's only going to make it worse. You've got an opportunity at any point where you feel that to go rewind and to do it differently. And what's amazing is see the kids go, for example, from fight or flight going, oh, my God, and either starting to cry or to be super to freeze into, oh, wow, this is this is great. Basically, um, it's my parent just acknowledged that they did something. Basically, they they can do things differently. So we're leading by example in terms of it's okay. we can make mistakes, but we can catch ourselves. And that also till I, I use this with my kids where I tell them instead of lecturing them for the nth time about they shouldn't be speaking in a certain way or should they shouldn't be doing something i tell them you may want to rewind and that enables them to basically acknowledge their mistake take responsibility and then just do it differently and stay connected and that's a beautiful tool when we're so present and it's like there's so many 
times where we're going to fail and make mistakes and it's okay and just rewind and teach let's teach our kids not to do things out of guilt out of fear but because we want to stay connected and out of love so ditch the fear and do it out of love Nadine, that is a lovely way to end. You'll be delighted to know that I'm not going to have to tell you to rewind at all on today's interview. Uh, You've been a great guest, so thank you. And I will hopefully speak to you soon. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Fizzy Kids, the podcast. Nadim has kindly offered Fizzy Kids subscribers a special discount on their products, which you can find at www.happyconfident.com. Just use the code FIZZY15, that's FIZZY15, at the checkout. As always, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook. Handle is at the Fizzy Kids. Come and say hi, introduce yourself to us. We also have a website, www.fizzykids.co.uk, where you can sign up for our newsletter and access free downloads on learning a new parenting language. Until then... Take care and keep deepfizzing that fizz.